Blog Talk Radio. Cause it's a new season. It's a new day. It's a season of power and prosperity, yes it is, it's a new season and it's coming to me, or if you believe that, lift your hands and say, it's a new season, it's a new day. afternoon everyone this is Roberta of Roberta Inspires Omni Media I'm excited to be with you today 
I am thankful to the Lord to be with you today for this opportunity to share good news as it pertains to us as leaders, to us as leaders and business owners. And I hope that you will find a blessing out of this today. It is February the 27th, and we are wrapping up the month of Black History. And we're doing so by simply just remembering and commemorating and bringing I think I have a little music going in the background. (laughs) Yes, I do. Okay, there we go. I heard something live radio, right? I want to remind you that you are listening to Inspire Radio on Blog Talk Radio. Our mission is to empower, educate, and inform you of strategies and tactics that will help you exceed your goals. Exceed your goals. Not just stay within the boundaries, but go beyond what you think is possible. Why? Because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Isn't that great? And we are supposed to do great exploits. Well, Today, I want to talk about Black History Month as we conclude this wonderful month of February that's filled with so many things, special people being born like myself, and also Marian Anderson, who was an um, opera singer from years ago and helped pave the way in terms of African-American freedom and liberties, also Frederick Douglass was born in this month, and probably so many others I'm not even going to try to um, tell you about right now because I will probably get it wrong. So I best stay in my lane. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. (laughs) I best stay in my lane. I do want to, to talk about why it's important to commemorate Black History Month for all of us, not just African-Americans. And also, I want to talk about the relevance of of Black History Month. You know, why is it relevant? Why is it still relevant? And then I want to talk about how we live Black history every day in this society in this time. So why black history? The relevance of black history as it pertains to America, period, and how to live black history every every day. <clears throat> I have a special um treat for you today too that's coming up a little bit later in the show and I want you to Get ready, it's something really spectacular that's being celebrated. And I want you, as a part of Black History Month, I want you to actually partake in it. And um, the announcement, you'll hear it a little bit later, and it goes to March the 3rd. I do want to tell you that. 
it's not just um, for a few days. It's actually going to be through March the 3rd. So don't think that you missed out on anything. Um, It's going to be an exciting, exciting remainder of this week as we commemorate African-American history, black history, as it's referred to in this country and around the world for that matter. It is a um it is a privilege, a blessing to be born an African American. It taught me <clears throat> it has taught me how to deal with struggle. How to deal with struggle. I am African American history alive, alive. I learned it and I lived it. I learned it and I lived it. And so it's very personal for me. I was one of the children that helped integrate schools. And you'll hear me tell my story about a young girl spitting on me because <clears throat> I just wanted to play with them. But she had been taught such hatred for African Americans that even at seven years old, she felt that was what she needed to do. And she felt that was what was appropriate. And I can tell you, the teacher in the class was just as bigoted quite honestly, and not one to correct these types of things. I actually sat somewhere towards the back of the class. I remember it now, you know. I sat in the back of the class. And so I grew up in that atmosphere, knowing what it meant to be alienated, to be considered inferior, and also to be denied the same privileges as other Americans. And so black history is important because the country cannot forget that road, that path. We as a country cannot forget that history and that path because those who forget are doomed to repeat it. And that's a problem. Unfortunately, I would have to say that today we're still living it. We're still living with those old attitudes and old mindsets. And unfortunately, African Americans are still being devalued. Now, you may not devalue a person consciously, but unfortunately, because so much has been seeded into people, seeded into people, it is something that they just don't, you just don't forget. You don't forget it. And you don't just get rid of it because you're nice to black people. That's not how it works, not at all. It is important to remember the struggles, the pressures, the prejudice, 
towards African Americans in this country because that is how you can stop the cycle, stop repeating history. So in order to do that, as I said, we have to recognize our past. And so many people, unfortunately, say things like, well, can't they just get over it? Well, it wasn't me. You know, it wasn't me. It was, you know, somebody else, and I didn't have any part in it. Why are you mad at me? Um, it was a traumatic experience. That's why. And trauma doesn't just go away. And even when you want the trauma to go away, Quite frankly, there are still people and still places and things that help trigger it, trigger the memory, trigger the distrust. I'm just telling it like it is, honestly, today. And so we must. This marks the 400th year that slaves, African slaves, arrived in this country. And ironically, to sort of demonstrate how poorly we have done in terms of progress, we have our own governor in the state of Virginia calling the Africans indentured servants on a national TV show, international TV show, and having to be corrected by Gail King because somehow in his mind, he really believed he was doing something great, I guess, and positive to, to, to make that statement. But how inappropriate, how offensive to talk about people that were dragged from their native land across the Middle Passage in ships chain-like animals. Yes, I have to bring that image back because with that image, it can prick hearts and minds to do better. We're not that far from it. Not if I have lived African-American history myself. I stood with my grandmother in a, in a five-and-dime store where the lady the clerk did not want to touch her hand. She didn't want to give her money in her hand. She put the money on the counter. And my grandmother, praise God for her, said, put it in my hands. Put it in my hand. She would not take that money off of that counter. And I'm so glad she did. My grandfather was the vice was the vice president of the NAACP here. And I just remember the, the, the struggles. A woman back then in the 70s pulled from her car, abused by police, and daddy having to stand up and fight so much black history. It is relevant. It's very, very relevant. Even today, it's relevant because it is our history, the history of the people of this country. Yes, the history of, history of some of your ancestors 
You may not be proud of it. However, it is what it is. It is relevant to remember black history because this country was built on the backs of Africans, African Americans, Negroes, as they, we were called, colored, as we were called at one point in time. We built the White House as Michelle Obama, First Lady, former First Lady Michelle Obama talked about. We designed things, we invented things out of necessity that improve this country, improve living. We are the people that have brought about musical changes in this country, introduced music that is still influencing music today. We are the people that fought for freedom and the civil rights to be treated decently and equally. Without our fight, without our struggle, there are other struggles that would not have been possible. The women's rights struggle started in suffragage. Let me get that, correct that. But the actual sort of movement, bigger movement, arose in the 70s. We modeled how to get your rights, equal rights, things that you were entitled to. And you may say again, why is it relevant today? It is relevant because right now the Voting Rights Act is, is an act. It is not <laughs> an amendment to the Constitution. It is something that can be wiped away with a pen. And unfortunately, we have leadership now in this country that would have no problems that I'm aware of doing so. And that's sad, and that's tragic. It is unfortunate why it's relevant is because every day there's still examples of the philosophy of hate towards African Americans demonstrated in this country, in our schools, in our churches, which is one of the most segregated places in this country on Sunday mornings, Martin Luther King said it way better than I could have, and it's still true. And if I sound passionate, yes, I am passionate about it. Because when I went to college, we were still battling all of that. The things you see people with the black face and the KKK, picture, that type of thing, <laughs> nothing new. That is just the way people acted at that time, and I believe still do behind closed doors. Yes, I said it. No, I am not taking it back, <laughs> not at all, because you need to know. And as people, you need to have the courage. How do you live black history? You have to have the courage to stand up against atrocities, 
that are still being carried out, carried out country against African Americans. Uh-huh. Yep. When your friends make a little joke or use the N-word or say something uh, derogatory or even close out African Americans from a circle, from a uh, organization, mm-hmm, from a school, from a community, you have to speak up. You have to decry that malice and those maggots, you know, in terms of, you know, the attitude being a maggot because it just eats away at things. It eats away the trust and the harmony. You can live black history by teaching positive teaching your children, and yourself about the positive contributions, the contributions of African-American countries, African-Americans in this country. There's some discussion that's still going on about reparations um, from slavery. African-Americans, if we were to collect, we'd probably get the whole Federal Reserve because those are the prices, the deaths, of our children, of our mothers, of our fathers, hung, beaten, mutilated because we're African-American. No, we do not take the sight of the Confederate flag lightly. We do not think that it's some tribute to some type of history that we want to recall or remember. Personally, it, it is offensive to us. It's offensive to me. I understand that people say it's their cultural history, but is it a history that you really want to be proud of? I challenge you today to ask yourself, is that Confederate flag and what it represents, which, yeah, it's a battle flag, but it was a battle against its own country over slavery over economic benefit to dehumanizing others. Oh, yes, I am preaching it today. This is impromptu. These are not prepared remarks. I want you to know that you can make a difference, but you have to examine every attitude of yourself, everyone, and say, am I perpetuating? negative stereotypes? Am I perpetuating a history that I don't want my children to live in? How can I change me? It starts with me. And this is for African Americans and everyone, Caucasians, examine your own heart. Are you carrying the malicious legacy? Or are you willing to make black history by being a change agent, even in this day, in this time? Thank God for Barack Obama, President Barack Obama, 44, and also the First Lady, former First Lady Michelle Obama. 
They represented our culture so well. I want to play for you now. Some have never heard of the Negro National Anthem written by James Weldon Johnson and his brother. I'm going to give you the version of Aretha Franklin, but I challenge you to go out, learn this song, get the words, and I'm going to talk about the words a little bit, but uh, probably in next episode. But let me play this for you now, and I hope you will enjoy it. Sung by Aretha Franklin. So it's going to have its own style for sure. The queen of soul who lived it, who, who marched, who knew the struggle all too well. Mm-hmm. 
thank you for listening to that. It is amazing, amazing. I want to invite you to to visit Donna Hicks is Art on Facebook and learn about the Black History celebration she's doing for Black women from this for this week all the way to March the third. That's Donna Hicks Izzard. You've heard her before. She's been on our show, and she's a friend of the show. Um, we were trying to get something uploaded, and we couldn't, but it's all good. And I think that if you will check out what she's doing, I think you're going to be very pleasantly surprised. But as I said, remember, black history two more days left to the month. You have today, tomorrow, (laughs) many other days, but, but get out there and in your homes, find a way to commemorate African American history. Because as people are saying, they're saying it is American history, and it is, but It stands on its own, too. It stands on its own also. And that is so important to teach our children in a world where we still have marches like Charlottesville, and these people are called good people by the leader of this country. Yes, I said it, and I will not take it back. It is a fact that we have to correct. We cannot have our children growing up thinking that the KKK, the uh, neo-Nazi people, that they are some type of good people. I'm sorry. That thinking is absolutely screwed. Skewed is what I was trying to say. Skewed. I was in something else by accident, not even intentionally. And um, we can't have it. We cannot have it. I want to tell you to look in your industry, every place that you can, and see where you can make a contribution, where you can change this world for the better. I'm going to play for you now the I Have a Dream speech. We're still hoping to live this dream by Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. There were so many. He is significant, but there were so many. This is one of the Mark songs. We shall overcome. You know, as a child, you you learn these things. The video, if you go out to YouTube, shows people marching of all races, creeds, and colors, religious. At this time, I have the honor to present to you.
a moral leader of our nation. Moral leader of our nation. I think my grandfather was in this march, but he wouldn't let the teenagers, the kids, go. I am happy to join with you today. And, what will and we will conclude with this. As the greatest demonstration of freedom in the history of our nation. Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as the great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. 100 years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. 100 years later, The, the Negro is still languished in the corners of American society and finds himself in exile in his own land. So we've come here today traumatized with shameful conditions. In a sense, we've come to our nation's capital to cash a check. And the architects of our republic was the magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. They were signing a promissory note to which every American was to fall out. This note was a promise that all men, yes, black men as well as white men, would be guaranteed the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is obvious today that America has defaulted on this promissory note insofar as our citizens of color are concerned. Instead of honoring this sacred obligation, America has given the Negro people a bad check. Check which has come back marked insufficient funds. But we refuse to believe that the bank of justice is bankrupt. 
We refuse to believe that there are insufficient funds in the great hopes of opportunity of the state. So we've come to cash this check, a check that will give us upon demand the riches of freedom and the security of justice. <laughs> We have also come to this hallowed spot to remind America of the fierce urgency of now. This is no time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. I have a dream speech. To make real the promises of democracy. Now is the time to rise from the dark and desolate valley of segregation to the sunlit path of racial justice. Now is the time <laughs> to lift our nation from the quicksands of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood. Now is the time. <laughs> make justice a reality for all of God's children. It would be fatal for the nation to overlook the urgency of the moment. This sweltering summer of the Negro's legitimate discontent will not pass until that is an invigorating autumn of freedom and equality. 1963 is not an end, but a beginning. Those who hope that the Negro needed to blow off steam and will now be content, will have a rude awakening if the nation returns to business as usual. <laughs> there will be neither rest nor tranquility in America until the Negro has granted his citizenship rights, the whirlwinds of revolt will continue to shake the foundations of our nation until the bright day of justice emerges. That is something that I must say to my people who stand on the warm threshold which leads into the palace of justice in the process of gaining our rightful place we must not be guilty of wrong to deed. Let us not seek to satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred. We must forever conduct our struggle on the high plane of dignity and discipline. We must not allow our creative protests 